I'm Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our box number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for the show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all, back to the show. Welcome to another installment of Box Number Five Soul Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I am your co host, Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. So before we get started, we definitely have to give a shout out to our patrons that we gained in the month of January. For if you guys are new to this, for those who don't know, we just started our Patreon page, our Box Number 512 Podcast Patreon page, where we, if you're watching this, this means that you've already paid to become a patron. We also have bonus episodes. We just released a bonus episode over the weekend, the complexities of internalized transphobia. So if you want to watch that video or that um, bonus episode in full, the only way you can do that is if you become a patron, a level three patron by paying that $10 and you will have access to that bonus episode in addition to other content that we have coming down a pipeline. But in the meantime, we want to give a shout out to our patrons. So thank you so much, Carrie A. Thank you so much, La Lafayette. Thank you so much, Devin Harris. Thank you so much, Kevin Wendell, always coming through and supporting the girls. Thank you so much, Pearl. Thank you so much, Reggie. Thank you so much. Uh, those are our patrons so far. And we are so happy for the six that we have. And we love each and every one of you. And it makes us feel so good. Um, we were Brianna and we're talking about how it's all it's, it's amazing to do this already, but to know that people knew thought enough of you to subscribe, it's just it's just a wonderful feeling. And so we just thank you so much for your love and support in this new season. Yes, yes. And we and we really hope that you guys are enjoying the content. Like I said, we have more stuff coming down the pipeline. So thank you guys so much. We just wanted to shout y'all out at the top of the show. So going straight into updates, uh, sis, do you want to go first? Um, sure, I can give my update. So if you, for those of you who listen, my voice may be a little more sultry than usual. And that is because I have, um, and y'all get to see the behind the scenes, so. <laughs> but, um, I'm, my voice is a little more sultry than usual because I had um, uh, what I thought was COVID. So all of the symptoms, the the only thing was I only had a minimal loss of smell and taste, but all of the symptoms, a low-grade fever, the, um, the, the congestion, as I'm sure you guys can hear, and I may cough um, in the podcast, um, and y'all just have to excuse me. But yeah, so all of that to say, chest x-rays later, I don't have COVID, but I do have the flu. 
And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm recovering. So if you see me get a little moist, I might have a little low grade something going on, but I'm here and I'm queer and I'm not going anywhere. And I'm excited to be here. So um, yeah, so that's what was going on health-wise this week. But otherwise, my life is in a growth period. I'm getting new people. I am get, getting new people coming into my life. I'm getting into just these wonderful, wonderful new connections professionally. Um, I feel like my um, nonprofit work is expanding. I feel like my reach and community is expanding. Um, shout out to my to the people that have booked me for speaking engagements and things. I, my voice will be better, I promise. Um, and <clears throat> I just I have really no complaints. Um, so because we thought it was COVID, and um, the husband ended up being forced quarantine for two weeks. So um, I'm enjoying this little vacation um, <laughs> <coughs> with my husband for the next couple of weeks, see if we don't get on each other's nerves and just, you know, living, loving, laughing. What about you, sis? So girl, gotta keep it real. Well, first I, I'm just getting, I hate this time of year because of the illness and the sinus infections. I am just getting over a nasty sinus infection. So I get it. I'm pretty sure some of our listeners have sinus issues. It's it's just, especially as you get older, it's just super <clears throat> horrible to deal with. Got, but gotta keep it real with the audience. I'm per I'm personally, I'm personally going through. So the the late part. So in a nutshell, I've gained a lot of weight over oh, with the combination of quarantine and the combination of me studying for the bar and just having a very sedentary lifestyle and just being in the house all the time. And bitch, I think I've gained about 60 to 70 pounds. And I just, I finally established care with my doctor here in DC and some blood tests were run. And just in a nutshell, I I need to make some serious lifestyle changes. I know at the beginning of December, I made some dietary changes, but some of the test results, which I could or could not be diabetic or in the diabetic range, <coughs> okay. is at that point right. where it's now I have to step it up in regards to my health and really take my health seriously because like I said I want to be here and I I want to be in the best condition and shape possible and because I had so many other life goals unfortunately I put my health on the back burner so now I'm really truly on the path to a new a new health lifestyle a bitch don't want to have diabetes a bitch don't want to be on medication like I want to be living my best life and I'm able-bodied. So I want to be doing everything that I can to be in great health. So in addition to continuing my diet, drastically changing my diet, drastically cutting sugars, only drinking water, I started a new workout regimen, the the high intensity workout regimen. And bitch, I'm not gonna lie, but just hard as shit. Like, I'm on day three, and I'm not going to lie, day one, and mind you, 
the workout regimen is only like 15 to 10 like to 15 minutes bitch mm-hmm. but it's the type of shit where it's like you, you're down and you jump up and then they got you rolling on the floor and doing oh. all this stuff like it's it it's short but because you're doing so much you burn a lot of calories which is it's my extremely goal. high impact it sounds like it's right right i want to burn a lot of calories because i want to get the weight off so i can then reverse some of the um stuff that's going on but bitch i'm not gonna lie it's hard and it's hard and i do it in the morning so i can burn calories throughout the day but it's just hard it, trying to be fit trying to be healthy trying to get up at six in the morning to commit to that 10 15 20 minutes to the workout bitch it's hard it's hard as fuck i do i do have to take breaks but I want to get to a point where I do it enough and my body gets used to it that I won't have, I can go, I can go through the whole session and I have to take no breaks. I know that it takes time. I know it doesn't happen overnight. And it's a process that I, I have, I have no choice now. I have to commit to it, but I just like Corona has been a year of highs and lows, but part of the lows is, really not being able to move and be active in the ways that we are used are used to and trying to come up with ways to compensate for the lack of movement. And I, I'm really ready to make a change. Now, I'm not trying to be super skinny or nothing like that. Even if I do lose all the weight that I want to lose, I'm still going to be a thick, fat, full-figure girl, but I definitely want to get rid of the weight that I've gained because I work from home, because I'm sedentary, because I'm in the house or I'm in the home, but I I definitely got a wake up call. I definitely got a wake up call, and I have to prioritize my health in a radical, brand new way. But yeah, I just wanted to, and I when I got when I got my test results, it wasn't I, I wasn't it wasn't me being disappointed in myself more than it was like. Bitch, we got to do something like this. Like this is an opportunity for you to uh, again another redirection. This is an opportunity for a redirection for you to um recommit to something else. So I, y'all, keep me in your prayers. Keep me in your thoughts. The the first couple of days, girl, my body was so I felt like Chris Brown and me. I felt like Chris Brown and me got into an altercation. Bitch, I was everywhere was aching, but I just. I just, I just want at least I have to take, I have to keep the same mindset that I had with taking a bar and sitting for the bar. I need, I at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I want to know that I took advantage of all avenues that I did everything possible to put myself in the best position. And if I can do that with my, with the bar exam and my legal life, I can do that with my health. I could do that with other things that I'm prioritizing. So. I just 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 keep me in y'all thoughts and y'all prayers, and I I'm just I'm just on a, a new health journey, and it, it's a, it's a relief for real. And I, I brought this up because I know so many people have gained weight during quarantine. That's real. It's, yeah, so many people have gained weight, and you know it's hard. It's hard, but. I'm just saying I'm putting in the work and shout out to um, DDM from Baltimore and other people that I see that are now going on this fitness journey. This low key inspired me. And I just want to, (coughs) 
the energy that I can give to everything, like I'm the type of person I always see everything through. And now this is something that I want to see through to the end. So Amen. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being vulnerable, sister. I know, you know, um, I know we talk a lot and I didn't even know that you that you had gotten those results. So I got that live with y'all got y'all. But I thank you for having the courage to share that. I know there's so many of us that can identify with the unintentional consequences of the world changing. Right. How even for people that may already have wanted to get more activity, because I know even before COVID, you were on that journey already. You know, you were right. in Chicago. So um, just, you know, it's just amazing how the world has changed and how this impacted it. And I'm sorry that it's impacted your health, but I'm glad that you are recorrecting your path and really leaning into your health because, I mean, you're right. We only have one vessel, one body, one, one moment on this earth. And I love that in every way it's important that we self-actualize. And I feel like that's even a part of this conversation we're having today. The need to really like assess yourself and make healthy changes for your future. Right. Right. And and it's all about coming up with new and creative ways. Like, bitch, I want to be in the gym, but I can't lie. I'm scared to go back to the gym because co Corona and COVID is still real. Like, I would love to get in the gym. I would love to lift weights. Like, I, and I, my apartment complex has a gym, but I can't lie, girl, I'm still scared to catch Corona. And so I've been, for the past couple of days, I've been Thank, thank God that I have an apartment big enough where I have enough space where I can work out and do all the stuff and crawl on the floor and roll around and do the titty shimmy and all of that. Like, thank God I have the space for that. And I'm doing it in front of my TV and I have an app and I bought a program for about a hundred dollars. So it's like a year subscription, a hundred dollars, a hundred and something dollars for a year subscription. But a bitch gotta get creative to get some of this weight off, girl. Mm -hmm. I feel you. I feel you. Well, I'm glad we. I'm glad you. I'm um, shared that with us and our, our viewers. One thing I appreciate about Brianna is she does keep our listeners updated. So for those of our listeners that um are our regular podcast listeners on Spotify and on Google Play and on all the other platforms, we love you. We love you. And the thing about this is we're really vulnerable on this podcast. So you're going to hear more about these updates and thank you for being, you know, a part of our, a part of our conversation for sure. So says, so today, um, we got an interesting episode for you guys. Um, we founded this podcast in sisterhood and the beautiful part about our relationship and this podcast is that it came our relationship came in a part of our lives where we were we were we were both professionally emerging in a way that is that that allowed us to have like a certain level of comfort if that makes sense and because of that our relationship and it not being rooted in struggle or lack or circumstance we genuinely have an affinity for one another so much so that we are the sisters that will, she will fly to come and see me. You know, we will spend time. We can have the nice lunches. This is one of my very mature sisterhoods. You know what I mean? And it's something that I very, very much so cherish. But what we do know is that sisterhood is something that is an evolution. It's a journey and it changes as we change. And today, I think we wanted to talk a little bit about sisterhood and its form, the way it, 
the way sometimes sisterhoods can start, um, the way you can have conflict in sisterhood, the way you can set boundaries and how all sisterhoods, you know, in any as with anything in life, how do you deal with the beginning, the middle, and sometimes the end? How do you handle that? And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So, um, sis, what were your thoughts? I was really inspired to have this conversation about sisterhood and friendship, obviously because of our relationship. But I also see in in space some of our younger sisters always saying how I can't find I can't be friends with those girls. They are shady. They are all mean. That, that's why I'm by myself, or that's why I only deal with cis people, or that's why I'm only friends with gay men, or stuff like that. And I don't want people to look at my life. I'm somebody that believes in friendships and unity among trans women, especially Black trans women. But but it was not always like that. Like I like I eventually got to that that place. But there were a lot of bumps along the road, and I kind of just wanted to help curate a space where we really talk about the bumps along the road. And also for me to bring some of my old friendships to to the space to really dissect, like, what was my experience, like, with those girls and where it didn't work out and and speak about it in a way where I can unpack the negativity, but I don't dwell in it. Like, like I, like when we had our conversation about our episodes with cis women, where we were, you asked me like, well, have you ever had a cis woman break your heart? I was like, well, no, the girl, the women that have broken my heart have actually been trans women because those were really deep, intimate, or at least I thought they were intimate and deep until we had a breakdown and we had a, a, a falling out. But I just want to bring that to the space so that we can talk about it, we can analyze it, but we can also see that there's still resolution and you can still have meaningful, deep relationships with like-minded Black trans women that are not rooted in negativity where you're generally supporting each other or if you do run into issues or you do run into situations, it's a way that you can hold your sister and talk to your sister and and talk in the spirit of resolving the situation so i get one of the first relationships so when i was newly well not even newly yeah new, when i was newly in transition i tried to have a relationship with one girl from baltimore city and that relationship didn't work because that was like rooted in the ballroom scene Mm. So whenever I would try to get like it was it, it was very surface and she was a well she's not she's since detransition but uh, which, which gagged me because mama was she was the realest rain bitch like when she, when I transitioned I wanted to be like her so the fact that she detransitioned it, it gagged me it gagged all of Baltimore City but that whenever I would try to get close to her that relationship really didn't work because the, it just wasn't a depth. But my first, but my next, the next trans woman that I tried to befriend after her was somebody. So I was already in my transition, and I'm for for the. I'm not going to use people's names. I might use fake names, 
but this particular but this particular person when i met her she was she was she was like right about to transition and i think once she met me it kind of gave her the and she was one of those um butch queens that was like very androgynous so she would come out with the beard or mustache but she could paint really good like the way she painted she painted like a mac artist and like the 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 running joke about her is like when you look at her face but you feel like you're looking at a filter and she uh, would she would just be, like be just be beat as a butch queen with the wigs and the heels for no reason for yeah. no reason so when i saw her in her butch queen form I was like, bitch, I need to have her around me because I could take her to the next level and that could be my girlfriend. So by naturally with us hanging around, uh, hanging around each other a lot, um, I think it kind of gave her the extra push that she needed to transition. And when she finally transitioned, like, it was it was a type of situation where we hung together every day and she had some like family situations going on where I think both of her parents died mm -hmm. and she had to take care of her sisters. And then at the time in my personal life, I really was on the outs with my family. And I remember it was like a, a holiday season where we spent like I, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas um, together because we literally didn't have anybody else. And back then I guess my younger mind I guess I think we I think we built our sisterhood based on that struggle we built our sisterhood based on that struggle and I was still at, I was still a student in Morgan at the time so we built our sis I was at Morgan she went to school to Towson mm -hmm. but I think we built our sisterhood and struggle and but even in that like even in that struggle and even back then, I was still the girl that I am now with other trans women where I'm the friend, like, if you tell me that you want to do something or you tell me that you want to be something, I'm going to push you and I'm going to encourage you to be the best girl that you can be because that, that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. But the, the deeper that we went into our friendship, but also what was going on during this time, this was when we started getting, like, I kind of put her onto the working world. And so once she got into the working world and once she started making her change and once she already had a look, but then once she transitioned, she kind of gave, like, bitch sex kitten. Mm -hmm. it, oh, bitch, was that a, so she was fierce, bitch. Yeah, but not in like a nasty way, but I could just feel her pulling away from me mm -hmm. until until one it was just that one day where she when I called, she would just stop calling me. Or mm. when I would reach out, she would just stop reaching out to me. Mm. And I like and to this day, we never she never really gave me an explanation as to why we didn't, we fell out with each other. We didn't, like, it was just never, like, we went from, like, literally, like, hanging together every day to she was started, she was starting to progress forward in tra her transition, and I guess she felt like she got to a point where she didn't need me, and I just stopped hearing from her. And, bitch, I'm not gonna lie, but you gagged the fuck out of me. <laughs> 
It gagged the fuck out of me. I can't imagine. It was very traumatizing. And uh but it also it started a theme, especially with with girls from my hometown, where I would befriend girls and I thought we were vibing on the same thing, and then we would get really close. And then all of a sudden it will just be like they would stop talking to me. Mm. They would stop, they would, they would stop like so. There's another girl that I befriended. We kind we she kind of transitioned a little bit before me, but and we kind of knew of each other for through mutual friends. But I think after I fell out with the first girl, me and her got really close. Um, and we were and she was really funny really charismatic and we were just, and I wanted to be around her all the time, but throughout our friendship, and I, I think I bring these girls, these girls up in particular, like sometimes you can really like a girl. You sometimes you can really see it for a girl, but you have, you have to, you have to know when you're calling your girl a friend and they really don't see it for you. And even with the first situation with my sister, we'll call her Kiara. Kiara would do little things to show me that like she didn't see it for me. And the second girl, we'll call her Sierra. Like Sierra was just for, surface, just for sake of the conversation. Can we change that second name just up a little bit, girl? Because I can feel Sierra. And Stephanie. We'll, we'll change yes, her to Stephanie. I'm all confused. The second name is Stephanie. Yes, ma'am. I think what drew me to Stephanie friendship-wise is, like, she was a visionary like I was a visionary, right? Mm-hmm. So we, so we, so my organization that I started in Baltimore, the Baltimore Transgender Alliance, it was originally supposed to be called Tammy. And it was supposed to be one part advocacy organization, other part like black transgender singing group. And Tammy's standing for like trans women that gets misogyny and men. So, girl, I've all, I've always been Angela Davis, girl. Even back then, you always a radical bitch, honey. Right. But this was our baby. We were going to be activists or be radical, and we were going to do because she was into music. And she was specifically into like the Motown '60 sound. But I would notice that when it like we would vision, if we were plan, everything would be good. But every time it would be tied to set shit in stone and do shit, Mama would leave me high and dry. Mm. Or like when it came, she, and then she also had like severe problems with her gender dysphoria. So when I would want to hang out or do stuff, like she would like low key stand me up. And it would just be little stuff that I would, and then I would try to do stuff to show her I was there for her throughout our friendship. But it would, she was just going through her own stuff. So with Stephanie, it had ended up getting so bad that she had started befriending a new group of mutual friends, which included another trans woman. And I think the mutual trans woman had some of the insecurities that she had and they kind of like synergized and they kind of turned against me and like pushed me out and and made me out to be like this horrible um, mean person and girl, it, it got real nasty, but I bring those two stories up to say 
sometimes some sometimes what what I what I learned from those bad situations with my girlfriends is a couple of things. You gotta be careful when you befriend women um at a point of survival, right? Mm-hmm. Because because when you're befriending people and you're doing it out of survival, you're not really befriending them because you really like them or because they respect you or because they really value you. It's like you're only befriending them because it's situational and you have to be mindful that when the situation changes, the friendship could change. So like in the first situation, once the first girlfriend kind of got a footing in her transition... She kind of didn't need me anymore. And she kind of let me go. Once the second friend was able to link up with the mutual friend and they kind of, you know, teamed up or she kind of felt, she kind of found somebody that wasn't going to challenge her and push her to be better like I was going to do. The situation changed and I know there was no longer a place for me anymore. I think the second thing I learned from the relationship is you kind of have to pay attention for like the the nonverbal cues and the implicit shade of when somebody really doesn't see it for you or somebody really doesn't like you. Like people not respecting your time, people not people not following through on their commitments, people leaving you high and dry. Cause again. When, with the second friend with Stephanie, when we would try to do stuff, it was just like a total disregard of my time. Or she was the type of person, if she got a new man, which would, and it would never be no like good quality man. It would be like the raggedy piece of trade that lived in the projects or smoked cigarettes. Like you wouldn't hear from her for two weeks. And she did this multiple times. So, but I think back then I wanted to have girlfriends so bad I kind of took the abuse because I wanted to show how down I was for my girlfriend or how much of a good girlfriend I was. Like, I really wanted to prove my loyalty to people that when I look back, that instead of being real with me and saying, hey, I just don't want to be friends with you, it was, well, I'm going to come up with some reason, even if it's absurd, to fall out with you just so I don't have to do the hard work of saying, bitch, I never saw it for you in the first place. And go ahead, sis. No, 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 no. I want you to finish your thought. And damn, I had, I had a third point, but the third, the third point was related to me. And I, I I don't know if I kind of touched on it in the second point, but I think, I think in the third point, I wanted to take responsibility for, because I I also think me staying in those friendships also mirrored my inability to establish boundaries with the romantic relationships with the men in my life. And I feel like if I would have, once you know better, you do better. But back then I feel like if I would have had boundaries, like if I would have had harder cut boundaries, if I would have stood up for myself, if I, I feel like if I would have stood up for myself, I would have been able to advocate for myself back then. And I would have saw value in myself to cut the, to cut those friendships off. But I also think it took me moving out of Baltimore. And you have to think when I was in Baltimore, 
I had rose the ranks and I was like that I was like the top activism girl. And when you're the top activism girl in a city, you unintentionally create a target on your back. Mm. So you create a target in your back within like your own trans community. Because when people perceive you to be educated or they think you have something that they don't have or they could never have, you it's crazy how so, some of our sisters will go out of their way to have problems with you or create beefs with you or to perpetuate this narrative about you that you're uppity, you're snobby, you're not real, and you're down to earth. And the shade is, if you don't have the right friends around you, mm-hmm. those friends could easily like fall into their trap, fall out with you and then corroborate what the because it was another girl that I was friends with. We'll call her uh we'll call her uh Sharon. We were cool and I thought I was building a friendship with her, but we didn't fall out, but it was she had did something slight. I don't know. I think I think I also I was befriending girls who were insecure with their with with them being trans. And I I learned in my friendships that I can't be friends with trans women that are insecure, that have like deep-seated insecurities about their transness because it will never it will never work out. It will never work out because they will find because because of how gender gender dysphoria works. Like you could easily become a bitch's enemy if they're not secure in there. So come on in. I feel I feel like you have some things to contribute. Come on. Hey y'all, we want to tell y'all about a new segment that we're starting on a podcast called the Suggestion Box. So that is where you, our listeners, write into us and we can answer your questions. So many of y'all have so many questions that y'all access on our various social medias and through other mediums. And we want to give you guys a platform to uh, write into the show so we can give you our raw and honest opinions. Fellas, you want to know how to get to know a girl? Ladies, you want to know what's going on in, in our world? Or if you want to know what's going on in the world in general, if you just want to ask a question, this is your moment. And we'd love to have you right in. So make sure to send those letters to box number 512podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's B-O-X-N-O 512-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Our email is in the show notes. So make sure to send those letters in, guys. And who knows, maybe we might read your letter on the next show. Okay, y'all, back to the show. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) So I want to say, I have so many points, but you were on the road, girl, so I let you run. I was going to say, I could completely relate to this idea of having friends in your life where you bond around a circumstance or a situation that happens. And then that relationship probably ended before you were willing to let it end because you valued the person. You you thought maybe, and also in a lot of cases, people like you and I were fixers by nature. Right, right. And as a fixer, right. And so as a fixer, we see in other people their potential and we want to brush the dirt off so that it can sparkle. The problem with that is, is for a lot of people, once they realize, particularly people that, they, sometimes people will become your friend because they want to know, they want the magic sauce. 
They want to figure out what it is that gives you your pop and snap. And then when they realize it's nothing that they can bottle, it's nothing that they can take away, it's nothing they can walk away with, sometimes they can get into this place of like being resentful to you. And that can spill out into like the interaction. So like how she would just pull away from you, how she would just distance herself. Because after a while it begins to bother people when they can't put their finger on how you get to be who you are. And I have had plenty of- Even when you try to share it with them, it still bothers them. Because it's it's you sharing. They want to have it on their own. And I've realized that I can only share with people who have something to share back. And that took a hard thing for me to get to. There are levels to friendships with me. Right. And I am okay. And I have had wonderful people in my life that I love very, very deeply that are not in my inner court, in my inner circle of friends. I, you know, I, I fancy myself to be a goddess and I, I consider myself to sit in a court of a, a court of duchesses and queens and people that are around me that are inspiring to my life. And outside of my inner court of ladies, I really don't really, I, I've learned to be a little more cautious and I know for some people that can sound kind of elitist. It can sound very isolationist. And that's not what I'm saying. So my inner court of ladies is not based on a socioeconomic status. My inner court of ladies is not based on a um, certain look. It's not based on a circumstance of life. My inner court of ladies are women that range the scale, but that all get it, that get their, they're comfortable in their own womanhood. They're grounded in themselves. There's a certain, even if we're vulnerable, as we all can be at times, they've reached a certain level of stability with themselves. Right. So our relationships are consistent because when you get older, you realize consistency matters more than having this dynamic relationship with highs and lows. I don't need them kind of friends no more. Like, I don't want friends where we're rooted in some type of, you're playing out your traumas in this friendship. Right. Like, I love you down, but I have not done nothing to you. So like that whole push pull, I don't like that. The wishy-washy friends. I don't like people that kind of start blaming me for the problems of their life. I don't like people that make me feel like I should feel somehow bad because I'm not, because I should feel bad because my life don't look like it should, that type of situation. So right. girls that remind you of who you were or girls that feel like, oh, I knew you in this place and they can't watch you evolve and they get resentful. Like I've had the full scale because I really have had the benefit of living in Atlanta, this city for my, my entire transition. So this is 20 years. So right. girls have really seen me evolve. And that comes with its pros and its cons. And one con of it is um, I have had a lot of friendships that started out that were rooted in struggle. We friends all have. Friends that I made at 18, 19, and 20 that were very, 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 very vital to me when I was dealing with um, um, you know, lack of health care, lack of dental care, lack of all of that, lack of being homeless at times, kind of, you know, doing, you know, living with men that I didn't love and going through all of that. Like the, those kind of the girlfriends that I had when I was in those situations, 
we were wonderful friends to each other. We have fond memories. <clears throat> Many of those relationships though, began to one by one fall away. And, he, and as much as it hurt me and each time, it, each time it was like very jarring because like Brianna, a lot of my girlfriends, we never had a big falling out. There was no theft. There was no, we fought. There was no, you know, major argument. It just eventually became what felt like a toxic relationship. And then one or both parties just kind of hated. And. And it gets to the point where when people ask you like, well, why y'all stop talking? It's just like. I really fucking. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. But as I've grown and I pull back the layers and I've, and I've evolved and I peel back my onion layers, I realized that some people came off with the layers and I've had, I've had very, very good, good relationships that I, that started then that was trying to, sh to come off, but I'm holding that on because I don't want to lose that piece of that piece of my past. Not realizing right. that I believe that the universe and God was trying to shed me of something that was a residue holding me back, but I could not see it at the moment because it was very, very important to me. And see, I'm a, as a fixer and as someone that is extremely loving and very loyal, it is very, very hard for me to uh, let somebody go. One, because as a fixer, my ego makes me think I can fix it. And two, because I have invested in this person and they mean something to me and I planned and I'm a planner. So then I plan for us to be in the same retirement community, bitch. Like, right. I'm like, girl, like I'm that girl. Like I'm, I'm looking long-term when we're 92 having tea in the retirement community, who do I want right. around? And like, <laughs> and like when girls don't have that same vibe for me, it's really hard for me to let that go. And so some of my friendships, particularly one that I had to shed previously um, before COVID 2019, 20, um, I had to shed a relationship that, that was like that. It was something that was very, very precious to me, something that was dear to my heart because this was someone that knew me in a way that no one in the world knew me. And the, the keeper of my story this dear, dear sister was someone that I personally did not think I wanted to not be in my life, no matter how badly or how uh, badly they talked about me to other people, how gossiped about me, how badly they kind of like were two-faced to me, no matter all of the little things over the years, I paid it because bitch, I live for you. Right. And what I see it for you, sis. I really see it. You meant, and, and even though I know you don't see it for me, I see it for you in a way that I know it's only because you're not where you're not where you want to be. So I'm willing to even tolerate you not even being great a great friend to me. Right. But it got to that place where I realized I was not serving myself, and I was not serving her to continue this cycle, because ultimately I realized when I look at the when I the. The, if this is what I really, really realized. The only thing that linked us was our past. Bitch, we, the only thing that linked us was our past, our history. And that was important to both of us, but really we weren't even really the kind of girls that would be friends right now. Does that make right. sense? 
Like right. we had evolved beyond each other. And I've also had the situation like you, Bree, where there was a um, friend, I've had friends that were friends that were some of the girls with me. And then they gave me all this heat and tension in our relationship. And then they detransitioned, which, and I realized that some of those people transitioned because of my influence. Not necessarily that I told them to do it or I wanted to do it, but they saw something in me and I saw it for them. And I thought that, you know, and, and it was like, we kind of linked on that level, but ultimately for them, this wasn't a life journey. Right. And it became to become a resentment that I was not like, girl, why are you, why are you still in the house? Why you still got your hair on? Why you like this? I had a friend that particularly was upset that she felt like I wouldn't unpeel for her. And I couldn't get her to understand, bitch, this is not a peel. This is who I am. And that right. may not be your walk, but she was also an entertainer personality too. So, you know, they dabble in a different way in community so that sometimes they get a creative license and then they get caught into being trans or living the trans experience when that's not really their lane. And she was one of those girls. And I lived for her down, down, down. And, um, you know, shout out to you, you know, who you are, girl. We, our friendship was short-lived and beautiful, but, right. um, but it's very that. Like, we, we got to remember that as we evolve, people are going to peel away. And that's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. And what I've realized is a lot of times those people later, like later, later, later down the line, you realize that you needed to separate because then it becomes revealed to you that y'all past could have never gone the same way for how their life went and how your life went. Right. And that, and that's when you really cannot be mad at them because you realize, oh, it was no shade. God just had other plans. Right. Yeah. And th that's kind of how I feel now about the breakdown of those particular friendships. But I'm not going to lie, bitch. It hurt like hell, bitch. And... Also, I'm not going to act like I was this perfect friend or I was the best uh, version of myself back then because I was not. But, bitch, I know that, like, those particular girls, like, I love them, bitch. We struggled together, girl. We, like, conspired. Like, I, like, I still have love for those girls, even though things can never be the same and things will never be the same. I still have love for them, but I, I wasn't the perfect person, but I, I, I operated in love. And, but also that hurt broken little boy in me was the same person that I brought to the situation feeling like I had to be friends with people that I knew deep down inside didn't see it for me, but I had to keep these people around. So I think because of my healing journey where I'm at now, I can love them from afar, still keep my boundaries, but know that I've learned from that experience. Because while the, it has been bad and those things are bad for me, I have so I have so many good experiences with sisterhood and with friendships and with uh, with just with just healing with other trans women and building bonds with other trans women that I would. As hurtful as those experiences 
experiences were for me and still are at times for me when I sit back and I reflect and, you know, you still try to think of the reasons why. That doesn't take away from the the beautiful experiences that I've had with Black trans women, um, building friendships with them. Um, one in particular, one of my um, cookie crunch girlfriends uh, from back home in Baltimore, my sister, I'll use her real name, Paige, who is somebody that I knew, who, who was somebody that was a friend to me throughout the times of those other felt friendships. And don't get me wrong, Paige and I have had our ups and downs in our sisterhood, but I think the difference is when you go through it with somebody and you really get to feel the heart of somebody and you know that somebody is a good person and you know somebody has your um, genuine best intentions or you know you know how sometimes when you can go at it with your sister and sometimes you'll go there but you won't it's that certain line that you won't cross if you value your friendship if you value your sisterhood and I think sometimes I think for me it's been beneficial in recognizing when I see that level of humanity in my sister and I just see that level of respect. And I know that all of the black trans women that I have in my circle now, not that I desire to um, like go back and forth and fight with my sisters, but I know that we just like deep down, we just have that respect and that love for each other where we would never cross those boundaries with each other and where they we are rocks for each other like all of the qualities that i did that were problematic in my other friendships and my friendships that i have now those qualities are just they're not issues like they are the total um, opposite and i'm i'm very appreciative i treasure those things i keep those things close to me and i keep those things close to me as a testament to show that yes black trans women we can be friends for each other. We can genuinely root for each other. Even when even when I'm winning and you're not, we can still be supportive of each other. Or when or when the dynamic changes, it's truly no sh some because <laughs> some girls are so used to having a certain dynamic and you really get to um you really get to see people's true colors when certain dynamics change. And it's been great to have friends where when I'm in my winter season, I have support. But I also know that when they're in their winter season, bitch, I want to be the first bitch there to support them. Mm -hmm. And it's a um, beautiful thing. And it kind of hurts me when I see um, trans, especially like professional trans women or trans women that have defied the odds and they have made it out that have this mindset of well i don't need to be friends with other trans women and it, to me it's just like i like it doesn't all have to be bad and i feel like you're missing out sister did you want to come in i did want to come in so i agree i feel like we are missing out and i feel like so let me tell you i had to change what I expected from people. And I think I was hinting to that earlier, but like, I am aware now that there are friends that will come into my life that I will meet that we can kiki and it's cool. And, it, and, and the friendship is not diminished by the fact that that's not somebody that I'm gonna be having in my house. Or right. That, right? Or that's not somebody that I'm gonna have 
around my husband or around my family. Like I do have people that I care for very deeply that I just do not want to have that level of connection with. Why? Because as a seasoned veteran in community and someone who has gone out of her way to be overextending and the fixer, I've learned through trial and error (laughs) that I have to focus on letting people be where they, letting people be the people that they're gonna be and, and, and allowing them to learn their own lessons and evolve because what you will find yourself doing is evolving and getting involved in someone else's life and taking on stress because now you might get locked up. Right, right. You, got, right. you got this going on and you got that going on. And now I'm invested in your bad decision-making. I'm invested because now you, I may, be, I may have let you move in my house because I'm that girl. Or I'm the, or I may have, I may have invested in you in a way that is extreme in my time and energy. So now I'm invested in you, and what, and then now you're still going through your life. Now, mind you, all of these things were already happening to you before you came into my life, and the gag is they will continue to happen to you after I leave your life. But for this little wild ride, for some reason, the fixer and me, I'd be trying to get on the ride and try to help a bitch get off the roller coaster. And right. A very long time for me to realize, bitch, that's your roller coaster, bitch. That's your ride. Why is my why am I spending time taking my peace and trying to complicate it by taking on intense emotional relationships with individuals that can't reciprocate or trauma are traumatized, got all kinds of issues, PTSD, you know, all kinds of things. And that doesn't make them bad friends, but it does mean that particularly for the people that make very, very bad decisions, unhealthy behaviors, I'm involving myself with people that are not necessarily, or don't even, aren't really showing love for themselves. And like who Paul says, if you don't love yourself, how in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? So if I've involved myself with people that have intense self-loathing because I think that I want to, because I am blessed and I have comfort in my life that I need to overextend myself. And I've learned that actually some of the best relationships I've have now are ones where we know where we meet. Bitch, I'll meet you out for a drink, mama. Bitch, we can cut up, you know, when COVID was open, girl, we can go, we can go meet at the park and, and cut up and, and girl, meet me at P, my girl. And we'll walk and people watch and sit on the park and bench and laugh and kiki and catch up. I've had girlfriends that I can meet at coffee shops or whatever, girl, bitch, I got it. Don't worry about it. Don't even, don't even, girl, I got it, you know? Cause I just want to see you. But those aren't friends that I necessarily will bring back to my house or in my life. And I had to learn to make that distinction. And I've realized I can focus more energy and time on being a better friend to all of my friends that I choose to let in my inner court, the inner court of Queens. Those women I can really invest in now because I'm not stretched so thin with 10 and 12 other stressful friendships that are draining my energy and time and keeping me up at night and got me crying and worrying about other people's shit. And right. after all that help, you still resent me and then walk out of my life like it's nothing. Okay, girl. Right. It, I think for me in, in learning people's heart, part of having that good heart, especially if you're a trans woman and we're going on a path of friendship, your gender dysphoria, how you feel about your transness, you need to be as silent as concrete about that because unfortunately that stuff like either directly or indirectly impacts how 
it impacts how close you can get to another trans person. It just, for me and my experience, it it really does. Yes, can we just lean into this really fast? Like right here, right here. This is the sweet spot. This is the sweet spot, bitch. Girls need to understand. And that's what I'm really saying too. The reason why I call my inner court, court my inner court of queens is, is because the girls need to understand you have to get to, the goal is for you to evolve to queen status in the way you view yourself. And what queen status represents to me is to fully, fully understand that no matter where I am in my physical transition, I'm that bitch. And that I'm going to take care of myself and that I'm going to make sure that I am going to be a light in the world to other people. And that even if I am triggered and traumatized, bitch, I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm going to not lie to you. I'm going to keep it. I'm, you know, if we have a miscommunication, bitch, because you're in the inner core and you know you in my bosom, bitch, you in my heart, we can have a conversation that's difficult and then get beyond it. Why? Because I really want to invest in you as a queen, as a sister, but you got to have that in yourself. Right. And I feel like a lot of girls, particularly trans women, we set up, we set like a date for when we're going to finally see it for ourselves. Right. Like, bitch, I'm going to see it for myself once I get this BBL. I'm going to see it for myself once I get these titties. I'm going to see it for myself once I get this pussy. Once I get the, and what you have to realize is, bitch, if you don't see it for yourself today, you will be even more down and hurt that you've invested all this time and energy and set a date. Because guess what? That goalpost will forever be moving. It will forever be moving because that's what life is. Because not only as not only are you transitioning, you're aging. So it's important as a community that we defocus our happiness on physical transition. Because in order to be a sister, you gotta be, you gotta be mentally stable. And you have to be. You have to be mentally stable and you have to be comfortable in your own skin. Otherwise, you become an emotional vampire to your sister draining her life force because she's trying to put into you to help you see it for yourself. Never or you or you just doing Never all of this or you doing all of this passive aggressive stuff trying to be try try not being direct but trying to be shady but still reaping the benefits of somebody that cares you and that um loves about you and that's part of my my aware like I said when I went back to my three things that last part I had to take accountability for why I knew that this person was doing these like I knew that this person was drawing away but it was something to me that felt like I still needed to chase after them but once once I resolved that in me which could probably be connected to my internalized transphobia and my gender dysphoria at the time once I was able to resolve that and to get at peace with that not only could I have better friends where we're vibrating at the same level, I can also be a better friend to the lady. And it's not this um, competition stuff where, well, I feel like I'm more far in your transition or if you get a man, I'm asleep with your man to make you know. Like, when you are a grown woman, it's just certain things that you don't have to do when you're in the, when you're sharing space with other grown women. You just don't need to do it. And I, um, to me, it's important to, and you're right, you can't, you can't, I don't know, it, I think that just comes with being seasoned and with learning people, 
you can't have everybody in your inner circle. But the for me, the people that get into my inner circle, the people that I bring in, especially with trans women, since you know we're talking about friends with other black trans women. You bitch, you have, you have to have a certain perspective of your transness. You just have to have a certain perspective that's grounded, that's settled, that's um comfortable, that's not trying to chase this um vanity or because oh. I know another type of trans woman that I don't I'm not gonna say I don't particularly get along with. I can be cordial with them, but I can't really be close with them. Are those type of girls that always have to assert themselves into spaces or always have to go to the straight clubs only have straight like to me girl that make i will love you but it it makes my spirit uncomfortable bitch because to me it's communicating that girl do you not like being trans do you not like these are things i have to ask if we're going to go down this friendship of being friends because just who i am is going to create some tension in our relationship and I know that now, instead of waiting two years or three years down the line for you to do something shady, to, like, I, I want to address the shit now and be in real friendship. Or if who we are isn't congruent with each other, we could just be cordial and be, and I can just love you from afar. I but again, again, I feel like internalized transphobia, even though I didn't speak to that at the beginning, I feel like this is at the heart of all of this, especially for us. So that's why I'm so invested in us having these heal, like these soulful, like getting into the soul of, of people to see why they do what we do and just to bring it out and just to create awareness. Like I said, I'm not I'm not here to fix it. I'm not a mental health professional, but I I do advocate for healthy relationships between black trans women because at the end of the day, we all we got. Exactly. And what I've also realized and what I think I want to say kind of um, to summarize, I guess, I guess what could be, you know, my last thought is um, I want y'all, I've realized for me that as, as, as I evolve as a woman also, it's important that I'm real. You can get caught up sometimes, particularly in, in women relationships with trying to be so emotionally concerned about the other person that you are not being real. And I am guilty of the girl that, of, I'm guilty of being the girl that does not has not communicated her needs. Just simply all for the strength of, I don't want no conflict. And very, very recently in some of my relationships with my girlfriends, I've realized how important conflict is. And, but what we've often been taught in society and what we see on a lot of the housewives and a lot of shows is that petty things become whole scenes where they're splashing water and screaming at a reunion. And, and no shade, I feel like in life sometimes the girls live their life and their friendships in this reality reality tv-esque lifestyle or way that way of carrying on where there is not an ability to have a miscommunication or even a motherfucking argument and then be like bitch i need a minute and come back and be like and i love you or be like, girl, this is what's really going on. It's not, girl, it's not even about the dress or the hair, do girl. This this is what you bitch. And and being able to have the accountability to say, you know what, bitch, I was upset. And it was and it was stupid. And girl, no shade. It was I was being petty and I'm sorry. 
You see what I'm saying? Or girl, let's 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 make it relevant. Girl, I really feel some type of way that I feel like you're more beautiful than me, and I get clocked all the time when I get when I go outside. And I'm sorry if I I'm sorry if I took it out on you. Cause that's been my experience sometimes. Miss Thing, when you with somebody and it's not even like you never even and this is the gag. And, and I know a lot of girls can relate to this, girls that have a, a certain amount of passability or even uh, possess a level of beauty. You don't even be fucked up. You don't even be fucked up about yourself. Like, bitch, I live in this body. Like, you live in this, you live as that woman, Brianna. So for you, they're looking at you with, from their eyes, with this, like, almost goddess-like status because they think that you're real, not realizing I'm trans too, bitch, and I don't necessarily see myself with this lens you do. So bitch, I'm going through life wondering and if I'm getting clocked just like you are. Right. Or girl, because I live for you so much, I'm willing to take all the clocks for you because it don't matter, girl, because we both trans. And because and there's nothing wrong with being trans. And see, right. that's the place I don't get to. So for us, and that's now we really talking. Cause now because oh. <laughs> bitch, now we reading the girls for that, for that path for that bullshit. I used to be a girl that felt like I could not go certain places with certain girls off of the strength of what they look like. And I really, let me tell you what gagged me and, and both my trans mothers are deceased. So God bless it. I can speak truth and I know they support me. It took me having trans mothers that weren't as passable. And I love this woman. And this is my mama. And bitch, I look up to her. She holds me down. She'll take care of me and give feed me when nobody else will. That bitch will give me her food stamps. That's my mama. And I love her down. And I see that when we go out in the world, people are reading my mama. And it took me having that humbling experience of somebody I really love being read and having other girls act funny around her because they didn't see it for her and me being her daughter having to play off that energy and make my mama feel better after one of her friends be shady because we're in a public place and she don't want to think she don't want to get clocked so now i'm processing how to handle that emotion with her and and let me tell you god will get your motherfucking ass together because that stripped me bare and it made me realize i will never ever be that bitch to somebody else ever if you're my sister, you're my motherfucking sister. If you're my friend, you're my friend. It ain't shit wrong with being trained. We all get clocked sometimes. We all have this hard fucking ass walk. And I'll be damned. I'll be damned if I perpetuate that horrible, ugly ass shit. Because what I understand is that no matter what you think you are, you're still trained. Right. At the end of the day, post, pre, nose job, face film, you're still trained. And you know what it's like to live in a world where people are actively trying to destroy you. And I would never try to destroy another sister. So, girl, I don't have no fuck. I give no fucks. I don't even care about clock. Bitch, as a matter of fact, when I see trans women, I try to act like I saw another goddess in public. I try to go out of my way if we see each other just to wave. Do you know why I do that? Because I know, I know what it is to watch a friend walk past another friend in public because they didn't want to get clocked. And I watched the horror that it felt for the other person. And I will never be that bitch. 
I will always make sure that no matter what's going on in my life, I don't care who I'm around, I could be next to the president and we are walking down the street and I see somebody on the stroll that's my sister, bitch, I'm going to hug her. Because that is sisterhood. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation. That is fucking sisterhood. Because it don't matter what it looked like, if that's really your sister and you really that bitch, it, you should be able to be around any of your real sisters around anybody, period. Right. And I just needed to say that because that really was something that really, really bothers me because I see it in the groups. I hear the girls saying it. I hear the girls throwing out these terms where they're like trying to deny girls access to womanhood until you get to a certain point. You know, whether it be passability, whether it be access to medical care, whether it be surgeries, y'all putting too many rules on this shit. We are human beings living on human experience, doing the best we motherfucking can with what we have and the resources that we have. How dare you judge another bitch for not being as and not have being as privileged as you are, or blessed as you are, or having access that you have? How dare you judge another bitch for that? And for me, for me, when I see that in somebody, they immediately stop being my friend. Because I'm not the girl that will ever entertain a bitch that reads trans women, ever because I am not that bitch and I've dedicated my life to this community. So bitch, you're toxic and you're part of the problem. And bitch, I don't even fuck with bitches that when a girl walk past us to read automatically. Now girl, if there's something funny, we're going to key because that's what's, you know, but I'm never gonna be on the strength of that's a trans woman. We're gonna laugh at her because she's right. trans or not passing. No ma'am, we're not doing that. Because for me, I feel like you hate yourself still. And if you hate yourself still, bitch, you're going to turn that on me one day. You're gonna you will. Mad, and I'm going to be a man. You will. And, yeah, and I'm going to be or a man. I'm going to try to sleep with your man. Or I'm, I'm going to try to gang up with another set of girls that don't like. Like, it's going to come out in some way. I don't way. make friends with trans women that say that they don't fuck with other trans women. I don't. Right, I don't. I just, I just can't. I just can't. Because that, like, you're openly speaking to your love or... I, do, I only hang with cis het people. And I just, I just, I have, I have compassion. Not that I, I don't understand it. That's just not my politics. Right. I, like I, I said, people that think that way. I'm at the point where I have compassion for all of my sisters, but I know everybody can't be my friend. Everybody, I can't, I can't be vulnerable and close with everybody. And that that's not a bad thing. It just means that I'm grown and I'm experienced, but I have, I have love for all the trans women. I just encourage you to just think before you um, just excommunicate a whole group of people, a whole group of people who are the same people like you. Mm-hmm. So just think before we get out here and make statements, oh, I can't have friends. I can't be friends with other trans women. Like, really think about that. Really, in, in the recesses of your mind, really think about what that what you're really saying about yourself when you say, I can't, and again, this is not to say that all of your experiences will be positive, but one or two or a couple bad experiences, if you really love yourself for who you are, those bad experiences shouldn't deter you from um, having genuine, authentic relationships with trans women. Because once you find somebody that loves themselves and have their shit together, and you have your shit together, y'all can do some powerful shit, bitch. You can. And and you begin to realize, when you, when you realize that all of your friendships that are causing you stress are not necessarily relationships that you no longer need, and you shed them, 
you will realize how much happier you are. I am a gag at how light my life has been now that I just focused on my own motherfucking life. I am gagged as to how many times, girl, I have not had to go to, I have not had to go to court for nothing. I have not had to bail nobody out. I have not had to deal with nobody homelessness and pick them up out of situations. I've never, I haven't had to go through, and mind you, most of the time, the individual calling you is calling you because you're the most convenient, not because you're the only one that could have helped. And I want to put that energy out there also. When you pick, when you have friends in your life that are friends that you're not getting a balance in the relationship, you have to be able to learn how to reposition people. It doesn't mean you stop the friendship, but you got to learn how to reposition people because I thought a lot of times people will say, oh, you, oh sis, you my best friend sis. I, I called you because I don't know what else to do. And the gag is later I find out not only did you have something else to do, bitch, you chose, you turned down other people's houses to stay at to come to mine. <laughs> bitch. But girl, the jack was on me every time. <laughs> bitch, you turned down housing opportunity <laughs> to stay with me, girl. So I just want to say for those girls out there that are like me, that are like Bree that are really invested in sisterhood and love hard and really, really care about people, choose wisely who you invest in. And for those girls out there, cause I feel like th there's a way in which this could be misinterpreted as a classist conversation. For those girls out there that are in struggle, cause I was in struggle. It's not about what, where you are. It's about where your focus is. And, and, and what your heart is like, bitch. And what your heart is like. So. Even in struggle, keep your heart, keep your heart, keep your heart clean, as clean as possible. That means keep toxicity from around it. Don't poison yourself and allow yourself to become unnecessarily jaded, trying to keep friends around you that aren't serving you, that don't care about you. Secondly, when you're in struggle, remember that you your struggle is temporary. You do not begin to identify with your struggle and you focus forward. And what you will find is, God and the universe will send you people in your life that all of a sudden are on the path that you say you want to be on. But you have to make up in your mind that I'm going to shift my friend circle and be uncomfortable with the reality that I may have to leave something that has been a safety net for the unknown. And then third, as you're evolving as a person, remember that all friendships should not, all friendships should be rooted in something that serves you spiritually. I'm not, fuck all that other shit. It's not even about money. That's why I say, even in struggle, you need to make sure that the people around you are serving you spiritually, that they're investing in you as a human being, that you can call on them and be vulnerable in them and trust them. If you have somebody that you're calling your best friend and you can't trust her, if you have somebody in your life that you're calling a deep, deep family member and you feel invested in engaging with them, but you can't even really tell them what's going on, or if you just can't get access to them, you call them and they don't even make an effort to return your calls in a timely manner. Exactly, exactly, exactly. All of those things are indications that that, that person cannot- Don't want to be bothered, bitch. Cannot be for you what you want them to be for you. And it's you, you should choose to invest your energy in a more positive place. And that's all I have to say on that. Yeah, so I think we've set a mouthful 
I'm happy we got. I'm happy we got to have this conversation. I, it should be interesting to see the response to this conversation. But I just want to end this with, even with the situations that went bad, or with our trans sisters who are not there yet. I still have love. I still have compassion for my sisters. I still hope that it's one day when we can all love ourselves for the trans goddesses that we are. And I recognize that it's a journey and I recognize that it's a process. And I just hope that we are loving each other and we're not harming each other. And that I hope we're creating healthy um, boundaries for each other. And that's all, that's all that, and that, that's what I've had to learn from my, and shout out to my, Purse close to um, my close personal um, girlfriends, um, Paige, you, Samaya, Tona, my sister Jaisha in New York. Um, so, so many um, other black, strong um, trans women in my life that I just, um, I just love that I'm friends with grown women. Grown, grown women that are just like strong, like 10 toes down and like we just we love each other and support each other and lift each other up and it's it's just so many um strong black trans women that I love who are dear to me and I admire and I'm I'm just happy to be at this point in my life where I have that around me and I have the same which confirms for you skeptics out there that you can't have good trans relationships that good that you have to stay away know that you if you're feeling that way we are two examples of trans women that have wonderful and successful multiple relationships across country with women that we love and respect. And what we're telling you is, if you find yourself loathing other trans people or finding that you don't think you can be close with trans people, you need to unpack that sense. That's your problem. Because I promise you, when you shift your energy and you begin to be okay with the idea that I'm trans and that trans people are okay and that even if the people around me or in my town are toxic, all of them ain't, you will stop making generalized statements and God will send you your friend, your collective, your, 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 your cadre of individuals who will battle with you on the battlefield. But you got to shift your energy first. And even if it's not around you and your immediate proximity, you have to speak it and want it to be so. And and. Put yourself in spaces where you can meet other trans women outside of where you are. You have no excuse in the internet age. We can connect if we can find trade from around the world. Mm -hmm. We can find a sister. You just have to be humble enough. You just have to be vulnerable enough. And you have to be discerning enough to choose someone who can be, choose someone that you admire, someone that you can look up to, somebody that looks like they have business going about themselves and don't ask anything of them. Get to know them genuinely as a person and you will, you will find yourself in a wonderful, wonderful situation. And I will tell you that a lot of my friendships were me and that person, a lot of my successful queen relationships, my inner quarter queens, a lot of those relationships were two grown women seeing each other and going, we're going to be friends. And really working towards that. Like, I like you, I like you. And actually working towards maintaining communication. Not necessarily asking of each other, can I get this, this, or being overly dominant. It took years for me and Brianna and me and my sister Toya and me and all of my other sisters to get to the place where we talk all the time. 
So that's also something to remember too. Everybody has their their levels of engagement and their and their walls that and their own things. If you really are invested in getting to know someone, you especially someone that is a new friend, get introduce yourself, give them their space, stay engaged, and I promise you, you can meet wonderful people in this world that are outside of where you are. But I am sick of the idea, and I want all of our listeners to know we don't play, we don't accept on this channel that you can't have a trans friend. That is not fucking okay, and we do not accept that. Right. So, sis, take us on out of here. Well, 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 guys, this has been another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Thank you for all of your love and support and your investment in us thus far. Shout out to our patrons that Brianna listed earlier. We really, really appreciate you. I want everyone under the sound of my voice now to know that Aeon and the Lioness loves you. And we thank you for all of your support on all of our social media platforms. And we also thank you for going to our Patreon page and becoming a patron. Um, we really, really seek to provide excellent, exclusive content. And we also want you to know we care and we're invested. And this is our real sisterhood and our real lives. And we thank you for sharing with us. This has been another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast. Garoon, a Black trans woman talk. And I am the Lioness. And I am Aeon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fox Number 5's podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content. And also, don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also, become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye. bye.